Hey everyone, another episode of the Bucktown Podcast as the South Carolina Stingrays are out west, their furthest trip of the season in Boise, taking on the Idaho Steelheads for three games this weekend. Lost one nothing in the first one of those three games as we're recording this right now on Wednesday night. It was a one nothing loss and the team played pretty well. Uh, they just couldn't find the back of the net and... Thomas Scholl was unbelievable once again, a third time that he shut out the Stingrays in his career, and he earned that win for Idaho. Stingrays probably, when you look at things that they need to get set on, reset, the power play is something where it's been a little bit of a of an issue all season. It had been better as of late. They kind of moved up the league rankings. I think they were 15th or 16th coming into that game on Wednesday, but you know, that was one of the games where they had a couple power play opportunities in the third period that fell short, and so that's something they're going to look to improve on as the weekend hits. It is also trade deadline day here in the ECHL. Everyone glued to their phones, waiting to hear if anyone is getting moved, and of course, for all of the news and info on, on those kind of things, definitely stay up to date with StingraysHockey.com. Follow us on social media. We'll have all of the updates from trade deadline day as the Stingrays get set for the weekend in Idaho. And then they will move on to face Orlando and Jacksonville on the road before they return home to the North Charleston Coliseum for a whole bunch of games at the end of March to finish out the regular season. This week on the Pucktown Podcast, got a chance to talk with Darren Abbott of the LA Kings and AEG. Uh, he's the president of of the LA Kings affiliates. So he's overseeing the Ontario Reign, Eisbären Berlin of the DEL, and also a little bit of the Kings ticket sales. So he, he spoke a lot about what he's been doing. But if you didn't know, Darren Abbott, the former president of the South Carolina Stingrays, also formerly held my position as well as broadcaster, director of public relations communications. So he is well-versed in the Stingrays history, told some great stories about his time in Charleston, and he was with the Stingrays until 2010, went out to New Hampshire to be the president of the Manchester Monarchs, and then followed the AHL team from Manchester to Ontario, working very closely with the LA Kings and the Ontario Reign right now. But got Darren to join me, and it was great to have a few minutes of his time. So appreciative that he was able to speak with us today for the podcast and kind of just ventured around everything uh, in what he's been doing now. A couple stories of, of back in Charleston. It was really awesome to catch up with him. Hope everyone enjoys hearing from him, a, a guy who, you know, a lot of people who have been associated with the Stingrays, they come back and you hear from them at a fan fest, you hear from them, you know, from time to time, but in my time with the Stingrays, hadn't heard anything from Darren, wanted to get an update from him and hear how things have been going for him and his organizations out there on the West Coast, so it was great to catch up with him. This week, episode 12 of the Pucktown Podcast, Darren Abbott. Joined this week on the Pucktown Podcast by Darren Abbott, the president of the Ontario Reign, former president of the South Carolina Stingrays and it's been a while uh, since anyone uh, has, has talked with with Darren and kind of heard from him a little bit on on uh, how he's doing so we figured we'd we'd bring him on and uh, Darren you, you mentioned yeah it's been it's been about 10 years since you've been in Charleston uh, I'm sure you probably don't even realize how, how crazy uh, long that's been but um, how often do you do you look back on your experience uh, with the Stingrays how much do you do you kind of think about your time in Charleston on a, on a daily basis? Yeah, 
thanks, Jared, for having me. First of all, I, I, I left the stingrays about 10 years ago, almost exactly. But uh, I've been with the Carlson many, many times, obviously. it's a, Everyone knows it's probably listens to your podcast. What a great special place it is. And um, my wife and I met my wife there. So we'll probably go back there someday to, to retire. So it's a, it's great to be back and, and you know, thinking about the stingrays. I, I guess I... I think about this thing all the time. I still keep in close contact with, with, uh, you know, Jared Bednar and Jason Fitzsimmons and, uh, Robbie Kincannon, obviously. And, and so, uh, it's hard not to think about, you know, some of the people and some of the stories that we had back in the day. It was, we all kind of grew up together. A lot of us, our wives together and, and, uh, you know, had a lot of stories that, that we could tell and a lot of stories that we can't tell, but it was, uh, it was a great time back then. And, um, you know, we, we had a, we had a wonderful time and I wouldn't trade it for the world. You left here to go to Manchester. Obviously that's not where you're, you're at now, but going to Manchester and, and then moving out to Ontario when the Kings decided to, to make that move. What was that like now that you've kind of been in California for a few years, when you look back on, on moving and, and what the transition was like, what was that like kind of kind of moving from Manchester, a team that had a lot of success on the ice, to trying to start something a little bit different in California? Yeah, you know, it's it, it, the cool thing about the move was it gave me an opportunity to really to, to really work with the the Kings management and the and the top levels of AEG, which is our parent company, in, in terms of uh, you know buying a franchise. We had to buy the ECHL franchise here in Ontario, and then turn around and, and move it to Manchester, and then we 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 sold that team. Um, a, a year later, we had to we had to uh, uh, negotiate a lease here in Ontario and negotiate a lease in in um, Manchester to to continue on with that ECHL team. So it, it was a great experience for me personally. It was an experience that I hadn't had. I was you know an operator with the with the you know Stingrays, and then I operated the Manchester team. But you know to sort of make those high level transactions and you know, work with the, you know, some of the big minds within AEG and, and Luke Robitaille and I, we developed a good friendship because of it. And um, it was, a, it was a wonderful personal experience. And then, um, you know, but beyond that, it was, it was exciting to move the team out here. It was, it was hard to leave Manchester. It was just such a great community, a great market um, for the team, for the Kings, but it just didn't make sense, you know, geographically. Um, but we had, we had good fan support. We had great success on the ice, a wonderful facility. Uh, you know, it's just a, it's a small town in new England and, you know, people, everyone knew about the Monarchs and it was, it, it was, a, it was a great experience and it was, uh, it was hard to go, but, you know, looking back, we've had tremendous success from a, from a business standpoint out here, we're building the King's brand, uh, you know, expanding the footprint. We just hosted the all-star game, which was a tremendous success. So, you know, business-wise and, and, and player development-wise, it's been a home run. The whole Pacific Division, I believe, you know, I think Dave Andrews would tell you the whole Pacific Division has been a home run. So that's been great. But, uh, you know, it's a different market out here. It's it's probably more like Charleston than it is, um, you know, than it is like New Hampshire. It's a, it's a real big market. There's a, there's a lot of people moving into the area. Um, and it's, it's hard to figure out where to spend your marketing dollars because there's so many people out here, which is a, it's a good problem to have if you run a business, but it can also be uh, daunting to know where to put your marketing dollars. 
Absolutely, and I'm sure that's that's kind of a challenge for everyone. But you're right; it, it's you're in a you're in a completely different kind of a market there that has a lot of entertainment options. Obviously, uh, what have the fans seem to? How have the fans taken to AHL hockey? Obviously, hockey not new to to your specific area with the ECHL having been there, but uh, moving up to another level. And obviously, you just hosted the All Star Game, which I was going to ask you about as well. But how how have fans taken to that and and taken to the the higher level of hockey there? I think they really like it. You know, at first they asked about the fights, where did the fights go? (laughs) And, uh, uh, you know, there's not, I mean, fighting is kind of, kind of going out the back door in in all leagues, but uh, there's not as many fights, certainly not as many fights in the American league. And, um, you know, the the ECHL Ontario rain teams were big, strong, tough teams. So we heard a little bit of that in the first couple of years, but the hockey has been so great. And the Kings, you know, right now have, you know, probably the best prospect pool in the, in the, uh, uh, in the NHL. And, and a lot of those guys are, are in Ontario, you know, night after night, we had at one point on our, on our roster this year, we had three first round draft picks. So I think they've, they're starting to understand that it really took a while to sink in that, you know, these players, when, when they get called up, you, you get to turn on your TV and watch them at Staples center. Um, you know, I know it was always a little frustrating for our fans in Charleston. When the, when the players get called up, they went up to Hershey and back in those days, there wasn't the, you know, the streaming capabilities and those type things. So, it, you know, they were just kind of disappearing. Um, now you can watch them on TV. You can buy a ticket to Staples Center and go see them there. And so that, that part of it's been exciting. And we've converted a lot of, of a lot of our fans. You know, it's it's really you could say it's more convenient to get to the Honda Center from Ontario than Staples Center. And we've converted a lot of Ducks fans into Kings fans out here. So that's been fun, too. That's a great thing. Um, and, uh, you know, I was going to ask you about the All-Star game. Obviously, that was something that, you know, I even got to watch it. A lot of fans here in Charleston, I think, just watching uh, the AHL spectacle. Uh, what was it like putting that together for you, you and your staff? I'm sure that was a, a multiple-year process, not something that, that you can do pretty quickly. That's a, a long time budgeting, planning, and discussing things with the league. What, what was that experience like to host an All-Star game? You know what? It was it was a lot of fun. I think our fans enjoyed it. Uh, you know, I know the city of Ontario really opened its arms to the AHL. That that was really cool. Our, our um, you know, our presenting po- partner was the Ontario International Airport. And so it was a great fit. You know, they just want to let people know that, that, you know, that's the airport to fly into if you're coming into Southern California. And so that worked out very well for for the for our presenting partner. And you know, on the ice, the, the players are just so fantastic, as, as you know, dealing with, with hockey players on a day-to-day basis. They're, they're wonderful to work for. Uh, you know, the cool thing was our, our player, Martin Furk, broke the record at 109.2 miles an hour in the hardest shot. And um, it was super exciting, super loud. We knew he was going to be in the hardest shot, and, and we knew he's probably going to win it, but we didn't know he's going to break Chara's record. And so that was just a moment that, you know, I think people will be talking about in Ontario for a long, long time. And are, and it's kind of one of those moments that, you know, fans can sort of build around. And, um, you know, it was, it, it was it was well worth doing. I was very proud of my staff, you know, to put it together and, and the hard work that they put in. It, it's a you're basically asking them to, to to work around the clock, you know, leading up to it. And then when the event's actually there it's even more exhausting. So, you know, we, we, we were able to take a weekend and recover and, and now the team's, you know, kind of pushing towards a, a playoff spot. So we're right back at it. We have, a, we have a booth this weekend with the team on the road in Colorado, but then, then it gets busy again. But, you know, it's, I, I think it's something every, every market should do. And just as sort of a thank you for the fans, 
Um, I know our fans really enjoyed it. We had a lot of people come in from other teams, you know, the San Diego fans always travel well up here. And it was just, it was just fun to see um, all the fan bases come together and, and showcase not only our city and our, our community, but our arena. I don't know, Jared, if you've been to Toyota arena out here, it's, it's just about a perfect arena for, for, for minor league hockey, 9,000 seats. It's, it, there's not a bad seat in the place. So I think a lot of people were impressed with, with the facility as well. Yeah. I've, I've, heard about it i've been in that area a little bit but never been to a game so that is uh definitely got to be on the list to to check check the arena out and got to watch some of the uh the all-star on on tv so kind of got to see what it was like and got a sense of of what it was like it, it looked pretty great it looked like a great atmosphere for the fans that decided to come out and and watch things and obviously a, a lot of kings fans wanted wanted to come down i'm sure a lot of kings diehard kings fans were there as well yeah, we, we actually we've done very well in cross marketing with the Kings. I'm, I, you know, I work you know a few days a week out of the Kings office now and handling their ticket sales. So we've been able to cross market the rain a lot too. I'm always kind of pushing Ontario and um, some of the things we do, and it's 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 pretty easy just to get the broadcast team to mention you know what you know the Kings are on the road, but the rain are home. You know, pushing for a playoff spot type thing. So yeah. uh, you know we, we've been able to sell a lot of tickets to Kings fans and. And, and we've also been able to bonus season ticket members from both clubs in, in the opposite direction. So, you know, Kings fans or Kings season ticket members can kind of come out here to one or two games as part of their package. And, and so too can rain fans. So that's been very helpful. I, I think, you know, the Kings fans are, uh, it's, it's no secret the Kings are going through a rebuild. So the fans are sort of looking to the future and, and the futures here in Ontario, which is, which it's great for business and it's, it's exciting too. You've kind of hit on it a little bit, but it sounds like your role continues to expand, continues to change a little bit. I guess give give Stingrays fans a sense of, you know, you're not just, the like you said, the president of the Ontario Reign. There's a lot of other things you're involved with. What is your day-to-day like now, and how has it expanded over the years? Oh, it's pretty cool. I, my job is really fun. I, I um, you know, I'm president of affiliates for the LA Kings, which means I um, – I handle the, the rain, but I also oversee the, the ice bear in Berlin, which is in the, the DEL over in Germany. Um, so it, that's a lot of fun. It's uh it's a, it's an experience and a half their games, you know, 14,000 fans all chanting and singing and standing the whole game. And um, it's, it's a fun team to manage. we got a great, a great business set up over there, a good hockey staff and, and, uh, so, so that's been a lot of fun for me. I'm, I'm starting to learn a little bit of German on that, you know, and be able to be able to communicate. Um, you know, fortunately, most of the hockey guys are, are are Canadians, and and I can speak that language. But on the business side, it's it's been a lot of fun working with that those two. So to run, you know, the Ontario Rain and then the Ice Bear in Berlin, and then I'm also the senior vice president of revenue for the for AG Sports, which means I oversee the ticket sales for the Kings and the, and the hockey development on that level. So uh, that's been a, a big project, obviously the, you know, the heyday 2012 and, uh, and 2014 with the Stanley cups. And we're, you know, kind of coming down from that and trying to rebuild as far as a, you know, ticketing platform for the Kings. So that's been a challenge, but it's always been a dream of mine to work in the, in the major leagues. So, um, you know, I get to do that, you know, two, three days a week as well. And I'm physically there and, and uh, spending a lot of time at Staples Center. And um, so that's been good too. Uh, we, we've got a great, a great team, with the LA Kings. I mean, we have, you know, Luke Robitaille is sort of the visionary and, and he's at the top and um, Kelly Cheeseman's another gentleman that I work with closely on the business side, the CEO of AG Sports. And, you know, he and I 
talk a lot about just different ways to, you know, use the scale of all three businesses and, and find synergies and try to make it work that way. So it's, it's really cool. I, you know, I wouldn't trade it for the world. It's, uh, it's neat to live out here. I, you know, I'm, I miss Charleston every day, no question about it. And, uh, you know, like I say, I'll go back there someday, but this is a pretty, pretty neat place to land. And it's a tremendous organization to work for. I think, you know, I always, whenever I speak to any, you know, college kids or any sort of, uh, people ask me, you know, what, what are your suggestions to get into the business? What would you, what would be your advice? I always say, you know, pick your owners and, in Charleston, we had the Zucker family and the, and the Pearlsteins and, uh, the Greenwalds and, and they were wonderful. And, uh, and our owner here is a, a man by the name of Phil Anschutz and he's just about as good as they come as well. So I've been very, very fortunate to have, you know, two of the, the you know, the best ownership groups and, and owners you could possibly hope for. Question is though, how much do you miss broadcasting? It's been a long time, uh, obviously, since you've gotten to do that. But uh, how much do you miss being on the mic and and getting to call games and maybe give a, give some fans some of your favorite memories of, of when you were doing that? Well, you know what? It's funny when I uh, Mr. Zucker asked me to be the president and he wanted me to do both, and I said no chance. My wife wouldn't allow it, and I, I still remember the bus pulled out to Greenville. And uh, my wife and I popped a bottle of wine, and as soon as uh, <laughs> as soon as the game came on the air, and I wasn't in Greenville, I, we popped a bottle of wine and turned the radio off. And so that that it was kind of a clean clean break for me that way. But uh, I I don't I don't I miss calling the games. I, I don't miss the travel of the the grind of it. People don't realize, you know, you're you're kind of in and out of hotels and at the morning skate, and you know the team and on off days, the team has practice and, you know, you're, you're sitting in a cold rink and, and, you know, doing your work and uh, it, I wouldn't trade it, but I wouldn't go back to it, to be honest with you, Jared. We, we, we had such a good crew though. I mean, like the, the years that, that Jason Fitzsimmons was the head coach and then, uh, and Jared was the assistant. We had a great training staff and, and, and still a lot of players um, that we're still playing on those teams, you know, Robbie Kincannon and Brett Marietti were still playing on those teams and, and Nate Kaiser was coming along. And we just, we had so many laughs and, and, uh, and so many good times. It was, it, it, it's, it's sort of hard to, hard to remember them all. We, we have a, you know, Jared usually has a party out on Isle of Palms in the summer. We all get together and, and we started talking about them and, 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 so every year people bring up some new ones that we haven't thought of in a while and, and laugh. And, uh, but, but you, you're, as you know, you're, you're pretty close to those guys on the road and you're, you know, you live with them, you ride the bus with them. And, uh, you know, I remember that we had a guy, Joel Irving, that, that he was on the bunk in front of me on the bus and I'm about six, three, and he's probably a little taller than me. And there was only 12 feet of bunk. And so we had an extra six, six to seven inches that we had to, be able to, to, to navigate. So my, my feet had to either go on either side of his head or on one side. And we, we had it worked out pretty well by Thanksgiving. And, um, you know, Jason Fitzsimmons, like he was a night walker. He, he'd get up in the middle of the night on the bus and he'd get into the, he'd get into the booster food. It was like, there was raccoons behind my ear and he, he'd get into the booster food and then he'd go to the bathroom and, he'd, you know, get back in his bunk. And he was underneath me and he'd, at the top of the bunk and and then uh Benzie was a he he was in the bunk across and on the top from me and uh he was always reading books and telling everybody how great the, the book was he was reading I remember he's reading the Harry Potter series for about three seasons and, <laughs> and telling us telling us all these uh these Harry Potter things but it, it was a lot of fun you, you know we we had great times on the bus and we played um 
obviously I missed playing Schnarps. That was, a, you know, I probably had a, you know, good secondary income back in those days from, from playing Schnarps with some of those young players. And the, the, I don't know if it's still the same way, Jared, but the, the young players had to play in the Schnarps game at the front of the bus because the veterans were at the back. Yep. And, the, and they were just sort of lambs to the slaughter up there. And, and it was fun to watch Fitzy back in those days. He used to have something called the, the Jedberg Press when, when we were coming back into town and we'd get to around Jedburg and then Fitzy would start making, you know, silly bets. And, and, and we all knew it, but the, but the young kids didn't, and he'd make all these crazy bids. And we used to call it the Jedburg press, which was, <laughs> we, we, we still laugh about it to this day with uh, Yeah. It was, you know, it, but it's not easy. I remember there was a time when the, the bus was supposed to go to Roanoke and, uh, and it went to Hampton roads instead. So we were about five hours away from where we were supposed to be. And, uh, you know, Robbie Kincannon at the time, he, he didn't let the bus driver forget about the whole little Roanoke. And, I believe um, it. <laughs> yeah. And we, yeah. Uh, one time we were supposed to go to Charlotte and we drove past the, the largest city in the Carolinas. We drove right past it. <laughs> well, was, the, the bus, uh, the bus snarps are still happening. Uh, the rookies are still in the front. Last year, the rookies actually changed because they didn't really know too much about it and they just decided they gave up on the schnarps so they were just playing blackjack in the front because the the guys in the back didn't really teach them all the rules probably uh for for understand why that didn't happen and then they just changed over to blackjack so they're they're trying to get back to the the schnarps in the front again this year (laughs) well you know what the western canadians would play kaiser once in a while and they would play cribbage once in a while when they got bored of the schnarps but i I stuck, I stuck to the schnarps cause I, you know, I had a wife and young kids in those days. I needed every dollar. So right. I, I had to, you know, I had to stick to what I knew. I didn't get into those, those other games, but when, oh, we, we had a lot of fun. We had some good characters and uh, I'll never forget Jody Lehman. We had two good goalies one year and uh, Jody Lehman was, a, he was uh, the backup that night. We had a one A and a one B and Kurt Dobbinspeck got the start down in Naples or Fort Myers, I guess you'd say. And, and uh, Jody, ordered a pizza in the first intermission from the trainers and the second intermission, the pizza came and he ate a full pepperoni pizza in the first minute of the third period. There was a line brawl and, and uh, Kirk Dobbinspeck went down and got in a goalie brawl. So Jody had to go into the game with a full, full belly of pizza and ended up a combined shutout. We beat, we beat Florida one, nothing. And we laughed all the way back to Charleston. So you, you just, you, you can't forget about any of those stories. And it's a, it's a, it's a lot of fun. It's fun to get together with the guys and still talk about it. That's funny because I had Fitzy do color commentary for me at a recent broadcast, and we had a goalie fight uh, here not long ago. And he said, you know, anytime he sees a goalie fight, he thinks about that story. And he, he told that story exactly the same yeah. way. He, he said everyone gets together. They always talk about that, and, uh, and that's, that's so funny. And Dave Seitz yeah. has told me that story too. So that, <laughs> I've heard yeah. it from a few different vantage points now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Seitz, he was uh... – you know, I, I worked with Sightsee in college. I, I was I got my start up in Northern New York, and he was a he was a at Clarkson at the time. And then we reunited back in, uh, you know, back in Charleston, and we were together there for a long, long time. And you know, recently saw him on a trip back as well. So he's he's a good, proud Buffalo kid and a Northern New Yorker. So we, he and I, have always gotten along, and 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 we uh, we knew where where all the best wing places were in in, in Charleston. That's for sure. Obviously, a, a lot of great memories from from that time. But then you did transition over to to the front office president side of things, and you guys had success, obviously, with Jared Bednar at the helm. What was that 2009 championship like, and what do you remember from from that time as as being able to experience it a little bit differently? 
Well, I, me- I remember how what a great job Jared did, obviously, and, and Kale, and and you know, like it, what's really cool is is how great these coaches have have come through. You, know, you talk about Kale and, and Carbs and 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 Jared especially, but it's it's really not surprising if you're around those guys back in those days. And uh, but that that team was it was pretty awesome. But what I remember about you know, being the president was we, we had a game, we had a game five and we had a chance to beat them. And, uh, in, in Charleston and we rang the post and, uh, and we went back, they, they, Alaska came back down the other end and scored in overtime. And, it, and I was, I sat there and I sat there in the Coliseum and the place emptied out. I was so depressed. We had, you know, we, you know, we, we had a chance to do it right there. And, and uh, so I go in, I was leaving the, I was leaving out the loading dock and Jared calls me and he says, Hey, I need you to, where are you? And I said, I'm going home. And he said, well, I need you to come back. we got to book these flights to Alaska and you know, I need your credit card. And I said, you know, I, we, I paid off your credit card. You got it. And he goes, yeah, I know it's uh, it's not going to be enough because we all <laughs> had to go back up. We had to go back up to Alaska in, in the middle of, you know, fishing season. And it was very, you know, on, on a day's notice. So it was very, very expensive. And, you know, I was a kind of a bottom line manager and I, I, I just broke my, you know, made me sick to my stomach, how much we were going to have to pay. And Jared and I were sitting there trying to figure out, you know, who was going on what flight and what we were going to do. And he said, go, you know, go get the, go get the beer. And I was like, what are you talking about? He goes, we were going to win tonight. Where's all the beer. So we, we had all the, <laughs> the celebratory beers and, uh, we sat there and, and, and drank away our sorrows and booked, booked you know, 30 flights to Alaska. And it, 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 that was great. It, like he and I, we worked really well together. We used to have our, you know, our president coach meeting out on, uh, out on our, 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 we each had a little fishing boat. You know, he had a little John boat and I had a whaler and we used to, you know, head out and go fishing and kind of talk about how things were and player moves and things like that. And if you know, busy, if you've had him on the podcast, you, you you're going to need more than 15 minutes because yeah. his stories are, you know, his, his stories all take 20 minutes and, and that's just <laughs> to get going. So we, we would sit there on that, on those boats trying to fish and, and he would tell me about every player and, and, and what he needed out of them. And, uh, but the, those were good memories too. That, that championship team, you know, James Reimer and, you know, some of those guys, what a job they did. And Alaska was a, was just a juggernaut that year. We, we really, shouldn't have, you know, we shouldn't have been with them, but we played so well and, and, and we were just well coached and, uh, you know, Jack Michaels, who's the voice of the, the Oilers now, a good friend of mine, like he still remembers that series as well. We talk about it quite a bit when, when the Oilers are in town here in LA and just what a great battle it was. So that, that was one of my best team memories for sure. And then the, the funny part about that story was we, we got in the locker room and, Jared said to, to the to the players, you know, do you want to stay here and, and, and enjoy this or do you want to get back? And everybody said, let's get back. So we had to split up. Everyone was on different flights and you saw all the players. You know, we, I was on a flight with Kale McLean out of Alaska. And we by the time we got to Charlotte, we were on a flight with about, you know, 12, 12 of the Stingrays who had sort of reunited back in Charlotte and then flew on to Charleston. And, and we went down to, to Cook's bar and had a had a wonderful time. So that was a. That was something that I wouldn't trade for the world either. Well, I appreciate you uh, sharing stories and and spending some time with us here on the podcast. Like you said, probably could go on <laughs> for a long time. Yeah. But I know, uh, as as you previously stated, got a lot of things that you guys are working on. I figured I'd I'd close it out with one more Kings related question for you. And you mentioned a little bit that this is a rebuild situation for LA. 
but that you guys have been really seeing a lot of the fruits of that because you're seeing all kinds of excellent prospects and now even more with some of the trades and, and some of the draft picks that L.A. has, you're going to be seeing a lot of great players coming through the Ontario doors over the next couple seasons. What's it like to be able to sell that excitement of not necessarily, you know, that your NHL team's necessarily going to win a championship this year or next year, but that the guys who might do it in the future are all going to play in Ontario first? You know, I think that the way the Kings did it the first time is they, they built through development and they developed those players in Manchester. So, um, you know, we, we got to see a lot of them in New Hampshire. You know, Tyler Toffoli, Tanner Pearson, uh, you know, Jonathan Quick and Dustin Brown played there. And, uh, you know, we have two banners here in Ontario from the, from the two Stanley Cup teams with all the players that played for the American League team. And it's pretty impressive. I think there was uh, 13 one year and 14 another players that came through the, the development system. So that's something we, you know, we try to sell to our fans here and, you know, the, the, the first round draft picks the skill level is just, it's incredible to watch. And, and you, you know, you know, when those guys get called up, they're not coming back. They're just, they're so skilled and they're just sort of waiting for their spot in the lineup. So it's, it's been fun to, you know, kind of tell the story of where we're going to our fans. And I, I think they believe it. And I think they're, they're appreciating and wanting to see it and, you know, but make no mistake. They, they want to see us be competitive right now. We're, we're in a, a real dog fight to make the playoffs it'd be nice to be the stingrays and qualify for the playoffs <laughs> in, in, in uh, January or whatever the heck you guys did this year, but uh, not everyone can do that. So we're going to have to fight to the last game and our fans are really bought in. We've had a really exciting weekend here this past weekend and, and, and watching these young players like play these intense games down the stretch, I think is something that's very, very important to Rob Blake and his staff. So making the playoffs and seeing these guys play in, in, uh, meaningful games in the AHL playoffs is something that's important to them. So um, I think they're going to, you know, probably act accordingly as, as far as, you know, sending players down here in the next few weeks, hopefully, and our fans will really appreciate that. And hopefully we're going on a good run. And it's always, as you know, it's fun to fun to go on a run through the playoffs and, you know, um, you know, hopefully we can do it here and I'll, and I'll be watching the Stingrays because they, they're quite a team this year. So uh, it's about time to win another. Absolutely. Yeah. I've been, uh, been just, just since before you left, so it's it's been yep. uh, a great season here in Charleston. Great to hear that you're following along, and uh, once again, appreciate a few minutes of your time. It was great having you on, and we wish you guys the best of luck here down the stretch. Hopefully, you can you can go on a nice run here in the playoffs. Hope so, and Jared, good luck to you and your endeavors moving forward. Thanks for having me. Thanks again to Darren for giving us some of his time. Obviously, a busy man, got a lot of things going on, but we really appreciate him taking a few minutes out of his day to join us on the podcast got a lot of great episodes planned in store and that was just a, a great person to catch up with hear a lot of funny stories uh some things that you know happened back in the day and and uh, he wore a lot of different hats for the stingrays so really got to know this organization inside and out we mentioned the stingrays dropped the first game of their trip to idaho one to nothing on wednesday before that they swept their road trip in new england defeating worcester three to one on Saturday, and a 6-4 to win over the Maine Mariners on Sunday. So the winning ways have continued for South Carolina. 43 wins on the season, just a few short of the franchise record, which was set a few years ago. 48 was the record. And, you know, Darren mentioned how much the winning has been this year, how great this team has been, what he's been seeing from afar, looking at the Stingrays. And it really has been an impressive group of players. So we're looking forward to some upcoming games in Idaho and then in Orlando and Jacksonville before the Rays get back here to North Charleston. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode. Looking forward to many more as we continue the stretch run here 
down toward the Kelly Cup playoffs. Stingrays looking at a playoff berth where they'll be in the postseason. We'll know in the next couple weeks. Thanks once again for tuning in. Have a great week. We will have another guest on next week here on the Pucktown Podcast.